if I can build something and then put it online, you're telling me I can go to bed and wake up with more money in my account than what I went to sleep with. So that's like my favorite realm because it's passive income. Hi there. Are you ready for another dose of motivation and knowledge from an awesome creator? If so, you're in the right place. Welcome to Careers 2.0. Today's guest is a pro videographer who's behind the camera during events like Tour de France, for example, and in front of a camera on YouTube and his audience of 250,000 people. If he won't get you hyped up about the possibilities of creator economy, nobody will. Here's Kyler Holland. Hi, Kyler. Thank you so much for joining. How's it going, buddy? Listen, um, I want to know whether you prefer to be in front of the camera or behind the camera. You know, I'm in front of a camera right now and it, it feels weird because it's like you always have to take everything into account when you're filming. Because in the past year, three years, I've been working full time. I've been always behind the camera uh, yeah. for work. And I'm going to say work as in separating YouTube as fun and like work as in like the company I work for, which is Flow Sports down in Austin, Texas, because like I'm always traveling. So you film a lot. Like this past summer, we just filmed the Tour de France and that was nuts. It was a year, it was a, a month long trip and it was wild, but I was behind the camera. So I was super comfortable filming everyone. But now being in front of the camera, it, like it feels odd. But at the same time, YouTube, I'm always in front of the camera. So it's just kind of like preference. I would say 50-50 percent of the time I either feel comfortable or I don't. What does it take to make you feel comfortable in front of the camera? I could use some tips myself. Oh yeah. No, it's like literally I'm I'm wearing a hat right now, dude, because I'm like my hair is all messed up. Like I, I don't have that problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. But yeah. yeah, no, everyone thinks it's so easy. Like, oh you just like in front of the camera you have so much confidence and stuff. I'm like, dude, I've been doing this for like ten years. Like if you go back and look at some of my first videos, like I was making Minecraft videos. Like, it, it was just, I was, wasn't even on camera. I think I started going on camera just because I wanted to give a face to the name. Because it's like, you build that confidence over time, and it takes a lot. Like, even now, I'm like, well, I don't look good in this thing, but I'll post it anyways, and here we go. But honestly, biggest tip is get some lights, like, a, a perfect lighting setup. I mean, there is no setup, but, like, I have a stream deck right here, and I can control all these lights and stuff from this little guy, but lighting will help a lot because if, if you like the way it looks, then you might like the way you look on camera. Do you think that someone who just starts on YouTube or any other video format, um, that the setup is important for themselves more than the, the, the actual viewers just to feel confident and comfortable? So every creator is going to say, gear doesn't matter <laughs> but at the end of the day it only matters to you like all this stuff that I have now it really doesn't matter to anyone else because it's like it matters to me because I use it on a daily basis but when I started YouTube and I started this journey I had absolutely nothing I had a Canon 60D and I had a laptop that I begged my parents to get me for ever when I was 14 probably probably like yeah 14 years old and I finally got one to start doing wedding videos but literally had nothing and then the way I looked at it is gear should matter to you if you can afford it if there's a $7,000 camera that 18 creators online just decided to make a video on you do not have to buy that camera I always say the best camera is the one that's in your hand and right now I'm on a tiny little webcam thing when I have a $10,000 camera sitting right there you know so it's like it doesn't matter. It, it's for the scenario. It's for the circumstance. All this stuff that I have, like right here, I've been building it for eight years at least. And this desk I built from scratch with my dad, this track or this mat is from Amazon, like 10 bucks. Like you can really get a lot of good gear for cheap. And that's what can I would you... always recommend. Like buy things secondhand and work with what you got because I still have my first actual camera up there and I'm not going to sell it because it, it's sentimental to me and you should treat gear like that like if if you find a use for it and you think you can make money from it 
purchase it and invest in it. And that's the big thing. Like through the years, I have always invested and reinvested into my company, my company being my YouTube channel and my media business. Because it's like, if you don't spend the time, why are you spending the money on the gear? So let's buy a $10,000 camera. It's going to make me a sick editor. No, <laughs> it's but not. I guarantee you somebody who actually spent two weeks learning how to edit can outperform your video with a shitty camera compared to that $10,000 camera you just bought. So spend the time on yourself, what you want, and truly write down what's important to you. And if lighting is important to you, then your next purchase should be a light, whether it's an Aperture 120D or a shitty softbox. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey? What was important to you at the very beginning? What got you into it? I think my journey has been kind of like a little wave. Like everyone talks about motivation and what, what, what grinds you and like how, how do you do what you do. I started filming on my dad's VHS camera when I was a little kid. Like I was just doing these little skateboarding videos, like attaching the camera onto an RC car. And from that passion, what I realized is that you can look back at a memory. They say a photo is worth a thousand words, but I would say that a video is worth more because you can hear that and stuff. Like, think about it like this. Like, you have family, you have videos of them, they pass away, what do you do? You go look back at those videos and you remember them. So taking that concept, I can remember things. I can remember moments in time with my family and friends, which I truly cherish and enjoy. Because once it's done, it's done. And that moment's gone. But you can keep it forever with videos. So with that, I kind of just found my motivation and drive to share my creativity with the world. And fast forward a bunch of years, I'm starting high school. I'm like, I'm going to start filming things. I just started filming everything because it, it was easy. It came easy to me. I would learn how to edit and teach myself through the years and started filming wedding videos. And then we move into college. Like right when I started college, I'm like, all right, life's expensive. Like, how am I going to afford college? What am I going to do? And I just kind of said, all right, I'm going to stick with this video thing since I like sharing my creativity with other people, maybe someone else will enjoy my creativity. So as I was doing the wedding videos and all that stuff, I decided in like 2016, 2017 to start branching out and joining the YouTube realm of teaching people my creativity. And I was like, someone might learn something from me because I was going to school for mechanical engineering. And then halfway through, I'm like, what, what am I doing? Like, I don't enjoy this. I'm not passionate about it. So then I decided to shift gears to art and technology where I could bridge the gap between robotics, photo, and video and combine it all into one. And I started making YouTube videos my freshman year, senior year of high school that would teach people how to do different effects, transitions. And I saw a market for creating digital assets that people can use. Because in my eyes, if you don't know about something or it's not presented in front of you, you're not going to use it. So I was like, well, what if I just show someone? If one person just likes what I do, then I'll keep doing it. And I made one tutorial and it blew up and people loved it. And I'm like, wow, I can truly make a difference. And that's my motivation. Literally just making a difference because I have 40 to 50% of my audience is overseas, international in India. And they message me all the time like, hey, bro, or master is what they say. It's kind of funny. And it's, I'm like, I'm not your master, but like, I'm just here to help you guys and teach you. And they tell me all the time, like, we can't afford anything. So we appreciate your free stuff and your free presets and your free guides and tutorials. And that's where I knew something was working in the right direction. So do you feel like a master or an expert? Uh, maybe? No, I really am not. Because I think if you label yourself as an expert or a master, as they called it, that's why I joked with them. I'm like, no, I'm not a master. Because if you, if you label yourself as something like that, you're, oh, you're the top dog. Cool. That means you have nothing to learn. Like that means you've just canceled learning. And literally like even before this thing, I'm like researching online, found a new technique. And I'm like, the moment you stop learning is the moment you've given up and you've settled. And I've surely been in that moment for this past year. Like it's been rough. It has been a rough year. Like 2022 has been hard for me, but I didn't stop learning. And it was even in college, like I never stopped learning. And the fun thing with that is like, 
if you don't stop learning and you go above and beyond like what other people are doing, it'll make you better. If no one else realizes it, it doesn't matter. Like it only matters to yourself. Just like gear should only matter to you. Learning should only matter to you because if somebody else has to tell you, you need to learn more, you need to go to school, you need to do this, then you're doing it wrong. Like find that drive from within and go for it. And with that in college, I actually did that. After every class, I would go home, whatever I was studying, I would watch a random YouTube video, I would read a book, I would learn something new creatively, or just try and play around in the software that I was using at the time. And it paid off because through college, it was kind of funny. I had multiple classes where the teachers would use YouTube as a reference for glitch transitions or dynamic things within After Effects, like all these crazy things. And the funniest moment I've ever had was I show up to a class and the teacher's like, all right, this is what we're going to learn today. And then she starts playing this YouTube video and it was my video. And I'm like, I'm at Ohio State wow. University in a high level video class. And the teacher shows my video that I made a year or two ago. And then that was like a real moment for me where I was like, well, all right, now what? So if, if I'm learning from myself, I'm like, how, wh what's the next step? So. Literally, it's just never stop learning, man. Like, did, did she know it was your video or did she didn't? Oh, yeah. It was my face. You know how we talked earlier about like being comfortable in front of camera? It's really yeah. uncomfortable watching your face in front of a room full of all your colleagues. So it was it was funny. What would you say to people who uh, maybe have some knowledge, but they feel like if they are not experts, they shouldn't share it. They shouldn't go out there and spread it. I would say do it and do it right now. Like. I think Shia LaBeouf said something. It's like, just do it. Because it's like, you really do. Because like, I've heard so many times like, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I don't like the way this looks. Oh, I don't have the best camera gear. Oh, I can't film this thing. I can't do that. Like everything in life is always going to be an excuse. It's just a matter of you're not going to get good unless you try to fail. If you fail nine times and then that 10th time you succeed, that's a success. 10% is a success. It really doesn't matter because it, it's from within. So I failed all the time. I'll make a video, it doesn't get any likes. I'm like, well, I failed. Like when you first start out, you will fail constantly and it feels like no one likes you. All it takes is one person to believe in you. And I'll tell you this, I believe in you. Like when, when you talked about motivation earlier, my motivation comes from smaller YouTubers because those are the type of people who are grinding, grinding so hard just to make the next big thing. And I think you really have to think about it like that, as in, I I can do this. I can be the next big thing. Like, if you think, oh, Peter McKinnon, he's untouchable. He's not. He's an awesome dude, and he's making great content. So why don't you tailor your content based off what he's doing, but do it better in your own eyes? Because someone might think, oh, your videos are trash, and they might be. But what does it prove to you? That you've never stopped learning, and you want to keep moving on. So I would say if you have a cell phone that can shoot video, you have the ability to be the next greatest thing. Put that thing on a tripod. And if you don't have a tripod, lean it up against something and just start talking in front of it. Start trying new techniques. Start changing the lighting. See how it looks because you have to learn before you can start to actually do this stuff. And then it's going to become second nature. And then you're going to be sitting in a studio looking back at everything that you've done for the past year so you mentioned uh community and i and i saw you talking about it a lot especially at the beginning of your journey sort of how important do you think community and people like you are um in order to to grow and also how to find a community of people who can help you grow yeah it's uh community is everything and through the years i've tried to build a community more and more um, and it's definitely challenging because a majority of my life I've been by myself, like in that sense of like, I was always the shy kid, kind of, I'm a very extroverted guy. I can talk to anyone, but in terms of my creative world, I've been by myself. I've been holding all this information. I've been locked up in a room with dark lights and just kind of like playing with effects and sliders and moving things around. So I'd never really had that community. So as I started to make videos, I'm like, YouTube is a perfect platform to build a community. And when I say build a community, think about it like this. People will spend thousands of dollars to go get a community at college, like community college, 
whatever. You know, go there to find people with similar like stuff. And while that is awesome, you have to realize that also online, there's even a bigger community there. So a classroom, you have 14 other people who are like, oh yeah, that's sweet, cool. But on YouTube, you have thousands of people who could be like, wow, that's terrible, or wow, that's awesome. So I started to see that community could be built from YouTube, and I made Facebook groups, I made a Discord, I made like group texts with my buddies, like everything, because videos can bring people together, right? And through time, you slowly start to build something. And since I had that overwhelming thing of always wanting to learn more, when you start to see a community, you will learn more from other people, like join other people's communities, like Gerald Undone. He is my buddy that I met at camera camp a while back, and he has a Discord community. Those people are firing chats every every day, like just talking about, hey, what's this thing? Like this new gear, this tech, like find a community that you like on YouTube and join it. Like just join the conversation. If you're scared to comment a video or give some constructive feedback or just say, hey man, this was dope, that's all it takes. One message could literally change your friendships moving forward. You mentioned something before uh, that stuck with me about work being work and YouTube being fun. Uh, can you talk about the split, how to look at it and what defines it? Yeah, dude, I, I don't want to go in the, the rabbit hole of YouTube being fun because while YouTube is so much fun, it is a ton of work. Like, right. I'm telling you, it is a grind. There is so many nights that you're like, oh my God, why am I doing this? This is so bad. Um, because it's like, y you have to do it from within and it's like, I'm just doing it to do it. And I've always said this my whole life, like, look, if you're doing something because you like to, it's not really considered work. But the moment you start doing something that like feels like work, you should stop doing it. YouTube should be fun because like, I truly enjoy sharing my knowledge with other people because there's somebody watching my videos that I'm like, they can't afford to go to school, but they can afford an internet connection, which can watch videos because there's so much stuff to learn online. So I think separating work from YouTube is important for me because if I just label both of them as work, dude, I would get burnt out. Like you need to separate it because if you treat it as work, oh, this is thing, then like most people don't like going to work. Like you could ask anybody, they're like, oh, you know, it's, an, it's a Monday, whatever. No, we got to wake up and be like, it's Monday, let's go. So it's like looking at it like that, I was like, all right, maybe that'll get my motivation back because I'll tell you, 2022, I probably made 10, 11, 12 videos when I normally make like 60 to 75. Yeah, I truly got burnt out. Like it was bad because I was working so much. I was working at my, the company. I love Flow Sports. They're awesome. I travel a lot with them. Like this past year, I was gone 185 nights away from home. Oh. So it's hard on me. It's hard on my girlfriend. That's hard on life, dude. Mental health is important. And I truly just got to a low point because it's like, why, why am I doing so much when I, I'm not really helping anyone else. So that's my question. Why? Me looking at you, a successful creator, um, I would be like, this guy doesn't need to work. Then why did you work so hard? Is it money? Is it the passion or the things that you are allowed to do like Tour de France that otherwise you wouldn't? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's a very important question because I asked myself that too. And before deciding to work, this is 2017, I like or like 2018, I'm graduating college and I'm like, what am I going to do? Ohio State offered me a job and I'm like, all right, I'll accept it. And then that job flopped. I was like, it's not going to happen anymore. And I was like, whatever, I don't really need a job. I'm just doing the YouTube thing. That's going to be my work, right? So I was doing fine. Like I kept freelancing, doing wedding videos. Like I was doing more than enough to put food on the table, pay rent, all this stuff. And I was comfortable. And then it started to question me, like what is truly my life plan. What what do I want to do? And I thought to myself, I was like, if these YouTube videos I'm making literally only take like a couple hours a day to make a video for a week or like a week to build a product that will live forever, why don't I take on something else? And it was kind of like the learning experience. Like I wanted to taste the waters of something else just to see what it would be like. Because like I said before, I was always in my own little box, my own little world, my own little community. And I thought I needed a change, a change of pace. I was living in Ohio and this company kept reaching out to me from Texas. And I was like, you know what? Shia LaBeouf, just do it. 
So I was like, <laughs> I'll do it. And I moved down to Texas and I was like, I'm going to try this out. But ultimately, the only reason I wanted to do that is because I wanted to pursue something new to hopefully try to spark some new creativity. And it's been the best thing I, I have decided to do because now you have more than one income. I was, I'll talk about later or whatever about diversifying your income because I was looking at it as, okay, I only have it from one source right now. And that's just YouTube and freelance videos. So I'm like, what if that flops or like, what if YouTube crashes or whatever? It was like this overwhelming thing of like, well, it might, it might fail. Um, so I was like, why don't we just get a stable income, whatever the price is, let's get that stable income. And then anything I do on YouTube, that's fun money. That's play money. That's do whatever the heck you want. And then fast forward in 2020, I bought my first house and my girlfriend moved in once she graduated from tech. Wreck them. Go Texas Tech. Um, so she moved in and now we're just kind of building our life. And I always say build your empire or as whatever you want. So it's like it was mainly I wanted to start my life a little bit faster. I wanted to move a little bit faster since I've been grinding so hard. And I figured that getting another job would help. So let's talk about this diversifying. How does it look like for you right now? And where would you like to take it? How far? Yeah, man. Uh, I would say diversifying your income is important because if you rely on one source of income, like for example, COVID, that kind of hurt so many people. Um, it hurt me a little bit. And even though it's like I saw so many friends who were like struggling and it's like, I just want to help. And so like I did sales, I would run different things here and there. Like most of my stuff online is free. Uh, I have a couple things that are paid and we can talk about those too. But I always say diversifying your income is important because when things happen, you have to have a backup plan. You have to have savings. Otherwise you truly have to cold turkey, stop what you're doing, sell all your gear and then you're done. Like all that hard work just goes away. So what it looks like for me now is I have a job at, company called flow sports in austin texas um that's just salary year-long salary that's consistent the same price every month and then i have products that i sell online using selfie and that is um kind of where my passion came from because i was like if i can build something and then put it online you're telling me i can go to bed and wake up with more money in my account than what i went to sleep with so that's like my favorite realm because it, it's passive income. Like the idea of passive income is where I want to keep grinding away at. And, but the thing is, is like on the other end of the spectrum, since I am very passionate about giving free stuff away, more than 70% of my stuff is free. So it's like, I don't want people to think, oh, you're just ripping people off. No, all my shit is free except for like those two or three packs, you know? So it's like, I still want to help people. And I'll even do videos where it's like, watch this video as you watch discount code will pop down and give you it for free. But if you want to support me, get it for three bucks, whatever. So there's that. I dabbled in Turo, renting out cars, um, everything from like website de de development to photo, video projects for people. Like I'll do edits for people who are trying to join the NFL, like highlight reels, stuff like that. Like literally anything I will try. Even tried out Fiverr. I was doing... I'll edit your video professionally in 24 hours for five bucks. Like, that's so that's cheap. underselling yourself a little bit. Super underselling, right? But like, also, you have, when you start out, you kind of have to start out at rock bottom and build up a repertoire. And so you get those five-star reviews, then you go up to 10 mm -hmm. bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks, Fiverr Pro, whatever you want. You The gr grind is there. So yeah, I think it's just that. It's just all of that stuff right now. I'd like to eventually get into real estate save up some money and all that stuff. But the market is right now and we're kind of going into another recession. So right now this year, it's kind of just giving back for everything that I have already done, but giving back more. And 2023 for me is focusing on how can I help that little kid in his studio asking his mom for a camera when he's 14 years old and his dad for a laptop and them every year saying, no, 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 because that was me. That that was me in that moment. And I think back to that and I was like, if I had all the resources that I have today and all the knowledge, I would literally be unstoppable. You know, I think if that kid heard about passive income, he would be incredibly motivated. Can you tell me how passive is it really? Uh, is your YouTube content so evergreen that you basically don't have to do anything because people still find your tutorials and still find your content? Or you find that if you stop posting regularly, like last year, for example, that your revenue drops. Yeah, I think like I'm going to 
look over here too and back and forth so I can give you some analytics. But the important thing about passiveness is looking at, like your question is, how passive is it really, you know? And when looking at YouTube, even though I haven't posted as much this year, my estimated daily revenue off just ads alone is around 500 to 750 a month, which I'll say this in a, a perspective of the grind and how much that is a year because it's, I don't know, like 20,000 maybe, maybe my math's wrong. Yeah, I'd say it's probably like $10,000 with that stuff. Yeah. Um, but that's not a lot in the spec spectrum of how much you're actually doing. And a lot of the stuff's evergreen. Like my most viewed video that I did five years ago is literally a slow motion video. And that video currently has, drum roll, like 2.6 million views. So that one video alone brought in all time. One video I made about how to do slow motion in Premiere, which mm -hmm. I can tell you right now in three seconds. Click on the clip, right click, speed and duration, set it to 40%, click OK, done. That one video brought me in $5,000 just right. over the course of four years. So that's passive income, right? But when you look at the other spectrum of creating your own products, then you start to get into another realm, which is... Um, using something something like Selfie. So in whenever I started, like probably, what is that, one, two, three, four, five, like six years ago, six or six and a half years ago, selling products, I was like, what does the market need right now? And I looked at it and I'm like, well, there's all these like crappy transitions and there's just, people are making these things. But like the problem is you'll buy something for 50 bucks and it's like three transitions that you only use once. So mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm going to make something that, is worth 500 bucks, but sell it for three bucks. Let's do that. Talk about underselling yourself. Wasn't because people saw value in that. But the thing is, by underselling, I said three bucks. I actually meant free because free 99, guess what? The first product that I ever released was free. And I got, I think like 250,000 downloads in like a couple weeks. And I'm like, that blew up. And then I'm like, what? what's gonna happen if I just change the price to one dollar for one night to see what happens and then the next morning i like woke up and it was like seventeen hundred dollars in my account Months. and i'm like what so then i switched it back to free then i started to brainstorm and i'm like all right let's make some products so i started making digital assets literally anything from lutz light leaks to transitions to preset packs and different elements and i'm still making more but ultimately like, i haven't made that much like making presets like I haven't made more than like 20 I would say and this year I'm gonna make a ton so in the time that I have been I've had 1.8 million visits to my store or my shop so 1.8 million people so think about it like this if I just charged one dollar for all of my products and all those people bought it like I would spend a dollar on something right that's a hunt 1.8 million dollars so I'm like there's such a market that I'm un that I'm not touching so I'm like Let's try. And in that time, we have 503.1 thousand purchases. Now that could be anything from all those free products to the products that are three, five bucks, right? So the conversion rate is 27.3%. And I'm like, that's pretty good, right? So all these numbers just prove the point that you should literally start creating your own products and selling them online. And then that equates to roughly over $310,000 in the course of six years. And granted, when you spread it out like that, it doesn't sound like that much, but that's also all passive income. And by passive, I mean, yeah, I put up the work up front on some of these products, but at the same time, I'm not making anything right now, making products. Like I literally wake up and I'm like, oh yeah, a couple people bought some stuff, wake up, get a burger on me, whatever. And it's like, that's extremely rewarding, but at the same time, you got to look at it as I want to keep going. I, I want to keep pushing that boundary because proof is in the pudding. Like you can literally make as much as you want. You just got to put in the work. Can you tell me, do you have a system um, that you think of how much content should be free, how much value do you want to deliver for free and how much percentage wise you want to, to, to charge for? Uh, yeah, I think, um, I am definitely on the cheap scale. 
of things. I would, if I had it my way, I would do everything free. And that's kind of where I'm transitioning to is like everything free. Cause I made one pack. There is one pack that is $50 and it's called the ultimate effects pack. It's what I've been promoting. I give it away to everyone. Like if you send me an email, you're like, Hey man, I can't afford it. I always give you a discount code to give you a hundred percent off for free because I am not in this for the money. And I said that from the very beginning, because I think if you in if you're in it for money, then it like it changes your perspective of life. It changes your perspective of, oh, I'm gonna make thirty packs this week and charge a hundred bucks a piece. I'm gonna make bank. But then people notice that and they find that you're selfish, you're arrogant, you're not humble. And it's like I tell my friends all the time, I'm like, they tell well, they tell me like, oh, you're super humble. Like my girlfriend tells me like you're just so humble, but people hype you up. And I'm like, well, because like I don't wanna be I don't wanna be that guy, you know? It's like I want to truly just help everyone because I think about that 14 year old kid who wants to get into this world, but his mom says it's too expensive, you know? So it's like, I think for pricing for me, it's on the the free side. And if you want, you can donate. That's where I'm leaning towards, Mm -hmm. except for that one pack that literally took me months to a year to build out because that's something that's getting updated constantly. And that's something that I truly use in the professional video world nonstop. So it's like, I'll charge one thing 50 bucks. But even on that, like I said earlier, you send me an email, I'll give it to you for free. Like, that's just, that's just how I am. I don't know. It's like, but even for not wanting to focus on finance and money, it's like, it's still proven that people, people care. And if you charge something free, people will donate. People will fork up three bucks to buy something. Is it similar with the product as it is with your content that a small amount, uh, like one or two videos, make most of, make up most of your views, and one of the products make up most of your revenue. Yeah, I would say uh, not everything. Like like I said, if you fail nine times, you're going to succeed one time, and that's like staying on top of trends, different things. Like I made a video a while ago about Billie Eilish. She had a music video out, and it was like she was crying black liquid, right? And I was like, that's dope. And after watching it, I was like, when did this get posted? She said three minutes ago. I was like, no way. So I instantly went to my computer. I posted a tutorial within like an hour after the original music video, talking about After Effects, masking out the eye, how she used straw tape to her face, and it was black liquid. I demonstrated the whole process, how you would edit it, everything. Got it posted within like an hour or two after the video. I commented on Billie Eilish's video. I was like, hey, y'all. She cried black liquid eyes, whatever. That's crazy. I just posted a tutorial on how it was done. And then I got so many hate fans who were like, she actually cried that it's Billy. And I'm like, no, like this is what she did. So I posted that video and it got like a million, million and a half within like a week. And I'm like, this is the fastest blowing up video I've ever seen. That got me like 20 or like, I want to say like five to 10,000 subscribers. And I'm like, what the heck? It's really that easy. And like, that was a one in a million shot. But the people in the comment section were like, oh, this isn't how she did it, blah, blah, blah. All these other editors were looking at it. And then Billy came out with some behind the scenes thing where she had these tiny two little tape straws ducted here and they talked about what they did. And I'm like, I was right. Like I I nailed that one. And I was like, okay. So I will say you kind of have to look at it as in like staying on top of trends and you don't really have to post a video a week or two videos a week, a real, you know, story. You just have to post whatever you want. And this past year, I didn't post anything, and I'm at 245,000 subscribers, but I know I can be higher. Like, every month, I'm getting about a 1,000-plus subscribers when at my peak, I was getting seventeen to 25,000 subscribers. So that gives you perspective. I, I saw you say something uh, that... When you first saw YouTube like years ago, you were like, I could take it as far as I, as I want. It has infinite potential. So yeah, I would like to know how far would you like to go? Like, is there a goal? Uh, how far do you think you can go get this? Yeah, I, uh, I think the sky is the limit. I think uh, you really just got to look at everything that you are doing and value it. Like, is this worth my time? is this worth my energy? You know, where is my motivation for this? And like, like I said earlier, YouTube is like riding a wave. You're going to post a video that you are so passionate about. And then all of a sudden it's like, no one's going to care about it. 
and you're, then you like change and do all this stuff. So I'll give you an example. I have my buddy. His name's Grant. Grant Burks. I went to Ohio State with him, um, and he wanted to get into this YouTube thing. So Grant, if you're watching this, what's up, my dude? But he was also the start to one of my community groups that we talked about earlier. Him and I decided to make this group where we can all share videos with each other and get better. And we just started with vlogs. He made his own YouTube channel and he was really interested in stuff. So as I said before, I like giving away stuff for free. I gave this man my drone. It was a DJI Phantom 3 Pro. I gave him like anything he needed, cameras, like he bought my old editing computer, the monitors, everything. Like literally he was growing up to be the best potential that he can. And right now, like I just watched this video the other day, he's doing like gear reviews and stuff, but his lighting is better than mine. His setup, audio, everything just sounds crisp. So it's like the fact that he's able to do that is mind blowing to me. So it's it's really just something special to look back and just help everyone through their process and figure it out on their own terms. And he was able to do that. How do you decide this is the moment that I should plug my product? Or, or you never do it and you just trust that people will uh, see your value in your content and do it on themselves, by themselves. Yeah, I think um, products for me, like I don't look at them as money makers, even though they, they are. Like you can make a, a ton of money selling products. Like literally just look at any big name YouTube creator, like full-time filmmaker. He's rolling in a couple million a year just on his courses. And like courses sell, everything sells, like re realtor classes, stuff, all that stuff sells. Like Sam Coulter just released a master class. That's selling like bank, like people buy things. But I think for me, it's like, I'm not in it for the money. So like, that's why I wanted the job too. Like if I'm not in it for the money for YouTube, then how am I going to get my money elsewhere? Yeah. But even with that, like YouTube and my products have completely outweighed what I make at my job. So I'm like, well... That's pretty interesting. But for me, looking at it, I think it's just spur of the moment. Like, I would love to just keep giving all my stuff away for free. Because let me tell you this. I made a video. And it was just a video that was talking about uh, 200 free text preset pack. And that video blew up, kind of. I mean, it got 254,000 views. And the video, all it does is, like, it's free. But if you go to the link without watching the video, it's five bucks, right? So as the video plays along, discount code slide from the top. And I t say it in the beginning, 100% free. All you have to do is watch this video. As you watch, the discount code will slide on the top. Put it in. When you go to checkout, it's free. So like majority of the time, like let me pull up analytics, 200 text presets. Majority of the time, people purchase it for free. So this is an example. I'm giving this away for free if you watch the video. One, this is going to drive traffic to your YouTube, correct? You're going to get likes you're gonna get comments you're gonna get all this watch time which is gonna push that video to more people and that's exactly what happened 254,000 views on a video where my channel typically gets 20 to 30k it's pretty impressive so with that a free preset pack on selfie got 31,000 purchases within a year that revenue generated was five thousand eight hundred and sixteen dollars because and this is a $5 pack. So I don't know what the math is. That's over 1,000 people, right? Yeah, like yeah. that's like 1,200 people who decided, I'm going to support you because you're giving this to me for free. So I'm like, that's insane to me. I can actually sell free products if people want to just actually take the time to watch it and still give back to those people who can't afford it because then that's going to prove that people will support me for giving free products. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Like, that's yeah. nuts. When I did that for the first time, I looked at my girlfriend. I was like, I don't understand why people are buying this if I just gave it to them for free. Like, what's going on? So people want to support. Well, people want to support people who give them value, you know. Exactly. So I think that's that's what drives the, the, the purchases is you honestly delivering value for free. And uh, yeah. That's that's willing. I would be willing to support that for sure. I'm interested to know what is your view and interest in the new video formats, the vertical shorts, reels, TikToks, um, in terms of driving traffic or exposure. 
or just professional interest? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, I have been told by my girlfriend who just got done with her MBA for the past year, year and a half, that I need to be doing TikTok videos. I need to be doing Instagram reels. I need to do, be doing shorts because she's been watching this and she's been telling me like, this is how you do it. This is how you do it. And I've always been telling her like, oh, that's not my speed. And that's like the selfishness of me because I'm like, well, that's a missed opportunity. Like there is clearly value in it and they push that. So I made a New Year's resolution to just kind of get better at doing that type of stuff. And I made my first YouTube short, I guess you could say. And currently it has 53 likes and a thousand views. So it's like, I know it works. I have a buddy, Josh, from Momentum Productions on Instagram. He just passed 100K uh, when I was with him last. And all he does is post vertical videos of gear reviews, effects, and tutorials. And I was like, dang, that's pretty cool. And then another buddy, his name's Kyle, uh, Kyle Nutt, I believe. He, I watched him grow from like 30K on, on TikTok to now like 5 mil or I think he's either at 2 mil or 5 mil. I can't remember exactly. That's the awesome transitions guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the guy. So it's like, it's crazy. Like seeing those people grow and now they're famous. Like think about it like this. You have an opportunity to capitalize on what everyone else is doing, but what are you going to do that it's going to be better? Preset that I released for free a while ago got like 7,000. So anything can blow up. So I think you should do it because look at it like this. I have 400 plus videos. What if I just kind of like go back and then make these videos in vertical format like 30 seconds short version, that's a ton of free content. That's at least a year's worth of free content. And then it could blow up, you know? So it's just finding a drive and passion. But for me, I was like, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it because I just want to stick with what I know, stick with what I do, and I couldn't take on more work. And if you were starting today, where would you go? Still YouTube? Yeah, if, if I was starting today, I would still go to YouTube because you gotta find your voice, man, like, or girl, if you're out there, you know? Because it's like, the thing is, is like you can so easily be discouraged by everything on YouTube and YouTube's doing their best to help eliminate that by disabling the dislike button, which at first I hated it. But now I think back, I'm like, how many days have I looked at a video with a thousand likes and then three dislikes and then just be disappointed in myself like that happens. Um, so I think I would still go to YouTube, but I think I would also dedicate 100% of my time into this craft of YouTube with all the knowledge that I have. And spread that out across everything from TikTok to, to Twitter to Reels on Instagram to Facebook to even Vimeo. I don't even know. Like Dailymotion, any any website that has video hosting, I'm like, I try it out. Like I've had people from China send me emails be like, hey, we want to buy all your videos and transcode them into a different language. And I'm like, yeah, take whatever you want. Like literally just go for it. It's, it's wild. There are so many sources out there. And Mr. Beast actually did something like this recently where he realize that more than I think 90% of the population in the entire world doesn't speak English. And he's like, well, that's a huge market. So he made separate channels like Mr. Beats Portugal, Mr. Beast something else. And those channels blew up and he has hundreds of play buttons. Like I have mine over here. One second. That ref. We're back. Beautiful. So yeah, <laughs> like these guys, these are what it's worth. So literally just grinding away, but I would totally just go 100% on YouTube. I would make reels. I would make TikToks. I would do everything everyone else else is doing and just hopes that one of those videos will blow up because literally it just takes one. You mentioned your uh, New Year's resolution about the vertical videos, but uh, I think in your, in, your, in, your, in your recent video, you also said that you're planning to make one tutorial per week now yep. on YouTube, right? Yep. Um, do you have any like system that you're trying to uh, execute to get those done or it's just like let's see how it goes as as usually people are with new year's resolutions yeah i um i'm typically pretty good at staying on top of things i will stick to it there is no rhyme or reason it's kind of like if i wake up one day and i'm like i have an idea i'm gonna do it but nowadays it's like so hard because whenever i have an idea i'll just like google it and like someone's already done a video on it so i'm like wow well let's not do that then let's change it up because What's going to get people to click is something new and fresh that they haven't seen before. So 
sometimes like I really hate clickbait, but sometimes like if something's just like a minor transition, I'll be like, oh my God, epic life changing transition. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause like you have yeah. to get people to like watch. I saw this from MKBHD. He mm-hmm. notioned this thing called ja- chat GPT. Yeah. And you could ask it questions. You can say, write a script because I wanted to test out what is the worst case scenario that if I don't have any ideas, what is my last minute? course of action because typically i'll tell you how i plan things out but i was like all right i'm gonna try this out ask ai what should i make a video on today ask ai to write a script see what happens put it in a timeline how long did that take it was two and a half hours to do that from start to finish release the video post it up now it has like two thousand views so i'm like all right that's possible but now my actual course of action what i do is i plan it out using multiple different things like you can use notion i use ClickUp. um they have an app for that too um, or just like Google Docs or Sheets. I love spreadsheets. Um, and then I'll look at it. I'll get all my notes and ideas, like whenever I'm listening to music and I'll be like, hey, this is a cool idea. And then I'll just edit in my head. Like this is the super weird thing. I can edit in my head. Like I can put a video in the track in my head. I can drag an effect and change the slider and I can see what the effect is doing. So literally like I can do a whole video and then I come home and I record it one take, first try, no mistakes, upload it, it's done. Because it's wild. Like, because when you spend so much time in a software, you know what the effects do. You know what the parameters are. You know what levels to set things at. So I think it's just it's pre-planning thing as much as you can and then picking anything on that list you want. Like if I had an ideal world, I'd film it on Thursday, edit all weekend and post it on Tuesday. But right now I film Monday night and post it Tuesday morning. That's uh, like a schedule that you gave yourself or just just how it works? Tuesdays 9 a.m. Central is when I post tutorials. But on the other side of that, we have work, like, right? So I travel Mm -hmm. a lot. I'm gone most of the time. Like last year, I was gone 185 nights. So what do I do when I'm on a work trip? Like I'm in France for 35 days, switching hotels every single night. And my thing is, I've done it before. I can do it again. Um, Just grind away. Just change the setting. Either just film it on a shotgun mic like this or uh filming on a cell phone it's, it, it's going to be challenging it's going to be interesting year for you if last oh, yeah. year was difficult I, yeah I, I think you're giving yourself a challenge that's for sure oh yeah challenges are fun though all right um now are you up for a little quick fire round short answers short questions you know how it goes got it let's do it team player or lone wolf both Take risks or carefully calculate? Take risk. Mobile or desktop? Both. Biggest inspiration? Small-time creators. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Extreme sports, more. What is an underappreciated business tool that you couldn't live without? Your cell phone has literally everything. What's your productivity life hack? 65%. What does success mean to you? It's self-defined. It's whatever you believe it to be. All right. Thank you. But we have to come back to the 65%. What is that? (laughs) So productivity, it's like, I I say 2022 was a rough year for me because literally I would give myself like 30% for this year of how product or productive I was. Um, and 65% just came to me because I'm like, well, I'm working really hard, but at the same time, like I'm kind of just sitting, sitting on my bum, not doing anything. Cause I'm like looking at it, like, oh, I got lazy this year. You know, I, what I talked about earlier about passive income. It's like, well, I got a hundred bucks this day. I'm good. Like I can just relax. And I started to settle and I stopped learning. And that was like my biggest thing is like, I'm traveling so much. I'm having a hard time at home because like I'm never home. And then it's like life just got really hard. And I was like, I just can't do it anymore. So I gave up YouTube for a minute. I gave up creating products. I like let my email inbox go to over like 500 messages unread. And I was like, I need a breather. So I just kind of eliminated productivity for a while. And then now I'm on the grind back because it goes in waves. Uh, But I'm literally looking at it as this is my future. This is my life. So I would say productivity right now is probably at 95, if not 100%, because I have work that I'm doing and YouTube. Um, 
So there's a lot balancing, but it's it's going up exponential. Well, curve. I guess it's it's fine to be at hundred percent if you also give yourself some time to wind down, right? Exactly, and you need that time. Like if I was in a perfect world, I say fifty percent. You know, spend fifty percent of your time. But the difference in productivity, if you want to think about it analytically, is like looking at it like this: you can spend twenty percent of your time doing something for YouTube that is better than spending 90% of your time doing something for YouTube. And I'll tell you why. When you have a deadline in a short amount of time, you are going to get more done. You are going to stay focused. And in that time frame, this is all I have. I'm going to get as much as I can done. And then you're, you're done because you know the reward is that 80%, right? Think about it like this too. I read this a long time ago. That is my biggest motivation for productivity. Something that you do for just 20 minutes a day equates to one year of your life by the time you're 70 and let that sink in so basically if you spent 20 minutes and i'm sure you can spend 20 minutes doing something a day that equates to one year by the time you're 70 so 20 minutes on youtube every single day is one year worth of knowledge you could be learning packs you could be creating things you could be selling or videos you could be making like that's crazy. So that's why I wanted to delete social media, get off there because it wasn't adding to my productivity. I would scroll on TikTok for an hour or four hours before bed. I'm like, what am I doing? So spend your time wisely. I read a book recently by James Clear called Atomic Habits. And I think it's, it's a similar uh, rule that he's proposing. Do something at the minimal scale. Like go to gym for 10 minutes. Just get your ass in there for 10 minutes. Yep. And you'll see that by the 10th or 20th time, it's going to become 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour, and then you get a habit. And yep. then you're just going to do it. So I, I think great summary of our conversation today would be Shia LaBeouf. Just do it. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Just do it. Thank you, Shia. No. Thank you very much. And thank you, Kyler. Thanks so much for, for joining and sharing your, your knowledge. Yeah, thank you. So... Tyler may separate work, as in his 9 to 5, and fun, which is YouTube. But as you can see, you can make a pretty good business on fun, too. It's like this podcast. It's about business, but it's also a hell of a lot of fun, especially when talking to creators like Tyler. So let's keep the fun rolling, and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.